0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Listening Podcast. We are back from almost a month-long hiatus. About a month-long hiatus, I think. Was it? I think it was. I don't think we recorded in July until right now, Jim. I
1: think that happened last
0: year. Well, here's the deal. Wait,
1: no, we recorded our best of the year so far in July In this July. Year.
0: Look, July, every single year, July grinds to a halt. Like... If you look at our music spreadsheets for the past couple years, and I did, I looked at the one from last year, we listened to almost nothing in July. Yeah. Same with this year. There's only been like a handful of new albums, and we're going to talk about all of them in one episode. Well, and in my
1: recommendation for the week, um, I'll mention something to do with that, because it's a good time to return to older music. Which I've
0: been doing... A lot.
1: Yeah, it's a good time
0: for that. Um, So so that's good. Yeah, it is good. And you know what? We all deserve a break. It's summer vacation. We deserve
1: a break from the podcast. We haven't been doing as much. (laughs) (laughs) Look,
0: hey, there's been a lot of stuff going on life-wise. I agree with you. You know. I'm right there with you. You have a new puppy. Yeah. The commute from my job is very very tiring sometimes. Yeah. You know, life happens, but we are back on the mics this week, Jake, and we have actually some pretty big news to discuss. We do. So, a couple big announcements that have happened this month in terms of new albums that are coming. One, we have a new Bonnie Vare album coming out called I.I. Now, is this a cheeky I.I. I don't know. I don't know anymore with this guy. I gotta say,
1: I really dislike that album name. Don't love it. I think it's like kind of, I, I don't like, I've been kind of put off a bit by his like incoherent titles that seemingly, that are like, is supposed to like subvert
0: language or something. <laughs> He's like inventing his own new language. Now Jake, in my mind, yeah. in my mind only, Okay, Justin Vernon's brain has been scrambled. From the potency of the marijuana that he was smoking with Kanye and his crew during Twisted Fantasy and then Yeezus. And he's never been the same since. Uh, That's my take. I worry about the exact same thing. And we peaked with, like, the self-titled and then even 22 A Million where it's like that he was able to tap into, like... Some other tier of creativity. But now he's like, I am reinventing the English language in ways that only I can understand.
1: Which is what he did with the track names on 22 A Million.
0: That's true. Now, here's the deal. 22 A Million, I think is actually great. I re-listened to it not that long ago. It holds up. It's actually excellent. Yeah. Um, I have to say, these four singles that we've gotten so far, Faith, Gelmore, Hey Ma, Hey Ma, you, parentheses man-like, which is really the the refrain in that song is man-like you. And yeah. again, he's doing crazy shit. They're all good. None of those are bad songs. But none of them are great songs. Do you remember what it was like when even Calgary came out as the oh, symbol yeah. oh, for yeah. the self-title? Or when um, Oversoon came out? Over Soon and and whatever that second track was called. Yeah, and we were like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. These are more like, all right, you're doing some of the same here. These are still good, but the impact doesn't feel as strong. And I wonder if that's like, we know what he's kind of about now. And I guess it's a larger question I have for you, Jake, about once you hit like that third, fourth, fifth album, and you've kind of nailed down a sound, does that... Because the impact is less, does that inherently mean it can't be as good? Because like we're used to it,
1: I think it is as much to do with there's there's less you can do as an artist to surprise people. Yeah. Like um, we were listening last week, you were playing while well, we were here, uh, Graceland by Paul Simon. Yeah. Like at a certain point, as an artist, like you have to do something that level of different right. to surprise anyone. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. so for for Justin Vernon, I think he's stuck a little bit. Because, yeah, you can tell a Justin Vernon project or sound oh, yeah. from a mile away. Yeah. Because, and it, you know, it's not his fault. He is a very distinctive and also, like, powerful and, you know, good voice. yeah. But it's like, you know what you're getting into with his stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I think, like, it's hard to say because I, without the benefit of the full album, it feels like with him, especially, like, with 22 A Million – moving toward this it feels like he banks on the full experience kind of thing
0: i think that's fair and i you're right i don't think it's um fair to judge because we said we weren't super high on those vampire weekend singles until the album came out and now you know we love those so i agree um this is all speculation um so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens but i think it's just interesting that this, I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I think this is one of our favorite artists of this decade. Oh, yeah, yeah. And probably one of the more important ones for us. And it's just interesting that like, with this new rollout, this new announcement of this album and these new singles... I can't say I've been that excited, and it feels like it's taken a backseat to like some other stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, just you know, new Bon Iver is coming. Fine.
1: I'm I'm not that excited, and, but and also weirdly, it feels like pretty quick off the last album, even though it's not that quick. It's
0: not. It, it was actually three years ago.
1: Yeah, it was three years, and between the Bon Iver Bon Iver album and Twenty Two Million, what was that? Five years. Yeah. So maybe that's why it feels
0: quick. Four. 5? 2011, five. you're right. It was, it like was June five. of 2011. So I guess that did feel much longer. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a good point. But I guess in that time he had Volcano Choir. He was collaborating with people left and right, which he's still doing now. But yeah, it just feels um, a little less high stakes than maybe the last one did.
1: I agree. He probably letting the game come to him a little more too and just like kind of... Oh, totally. He's going to write
0: these songs. Absolutely. Um, here's another one, Jake. And this one I actually have to say I'm a little more excited for. As am I. We're getting the third Dive album, finally, called Deceiver. This is coming out October 4th. The new single came out today. It's called Skin Game. I love this single. I think it's great. I listened three or four times today already. Me too. The album art is sick. Uh, Zach Colesmith is finally clean. Got himself a haircut. He's off heroin. Got himself a haircut. He's not trying to be Kurt Cobain anymore, it seems like. No. I, all things are pointing to a great... Success for this band and for Zachary Cole Smith.
1: A couple other things I'm excited about on this. You mentioned the album cover, which I think is cool. I really liked this uh, this single, Skin Game. Um, it was a little heavy in parts. Yeah. The, the guitar tones on it, which is what you're kind of there on a dive song for anyways, yeah. were sick. Yes. Um, there was this cool guitar tone in the background, of, like this kind of breaking up. Almost sounded like it was going through static or through like a broken speaker or something. Also, like some of those little riffs in the song were really cool and reminded me a little bit of uh, like a darker version of like "Put Your Number in My Phone" by Ariel Pink or something. I'm pumped for this. Another thing that I'm excited about: ten tracks, Sean. Ooh, lean, lean. Love that. Love a love a brief album. I love that. It's something that we we get off on.
0: So one of the interesting things about Dives' music is a lot of times the lyrics feel inconsequential especially on ocean
1: or just incoherent
0: or incoherent i think on is the is um that wasn't the case as much they were much more in the forefront and a lot of people you know it's interesting i was on the indie heads reddit thread and a lot of people were like didn't like is the R at all I, i loved ocean it's like our Really? Because I think Is The Is is actually incredibly underrated. It's really good, actually. It is really good. There's some filler in there. It's too long, sure, but it's good. Now, there's an interesting lyric on this new one about how they, they took the Sky away or something mm-hmm. like that. Now, Zachary Cole Smith was famously dating Sky Ferreira. There was all uh, sorts of yeah. the tumultuous relationship. They got caught with all this heroin and Sky got are they wrapped broken up, up in it. They are broken up now. And I just thought that was a very interesting lyric to have on your first lead single, and that had to have been on purpose. Seems like it. Because you can read that one of two ways, you know, like, the literal sky taking it away, but also, hey, like, I lost this person who was very close to me because I couldn't get my shit figured out, basically. So I just thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, but I, I'm very excited for this album and that dive is back and making music. So,
1: yeah, as am I. And it, it, it is exciting. Um, and I don't know. It's cool. It's like in an also felt like weirdly quick to me, even though
0: is the Azar was what, 2015? fifteen. Twenty sixteen January. Or right. first week of February. Something like that. Really early. So a long time ago. But the
1: reason it feels quick was that it for some reason it felt like we were never gonna get more dive music right. after Ocean. So now the fact that
0: we're on to a third I know. It feels like oh, like they f- actually found a rhythm again. Each time they come out with an album, it felt like we weren't ever gonna get anything. I think probably because of all of the Drug issues. Yeah, the the heroin.
1: Yeah, that's one that'll get you. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is the verdict in your mind on the album name? Is the Izar?
0: Uh, it's needlessly confusing, and I think I don't love it. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Uh, I
1: don't like it either. I, I don't love it. Actually, don't either. I don't love the album cover for
0: that one that much. Either. It's fine.
1: It's all right. This new one. The is cover's a fine. Cooler cover. I,
0: I really like. Deceiver is a cooler deceiver name. is a cool name. Yeah, and you can read a lot even into that title. Yep. As like a, a you know an addict and things like that. I think
1: Ocean is a, has a better album cover, and oh. and I like the the Ocean O S H I N spelling. That's kind of cool, even though I usually don't like
0: deliberate misspellings. But it works on that one. It does. Um. Now, <laughs> I, speaking of is the is are. Uh, I saw someone again on the Indie Heads Reddit who was like, "Oh, I'm bummed this wasn't called Was the Was R or Was the wa- Was the Was Is," which I thought would be really funny. Wouldn't it be Was the Was Were? <laughs> yes, maybe that's maybe that's what it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I just thought Is the Is Are is like like too much an intentionally weird. It's too confusing. Shitty name. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't like it. Anyways. Um.
0: Yeah. So couple new albums, couple new singles there. Hey, here's another one, Jake. Now, we already knew about this album. The new Alex G album is coming at the mm. end of August, I think. New September, single, I think. September. 13th. September, yep. Uh, new single called Hope, which goes along with the single we already had, Gretel. I think these two singles are off the charts good. He went two for two on these. If the rest of the album is anywhere close to this, it's going to be on the same level as Rock. It's going to be one of the best of the year. Alex G seems to be on a hot streak here. I would say this is probably my most anticipated album for the rest of the year.
1: It's mine as well, and I because I have loved Gretel so much. Um did you know that that, that song has sneakily amassed over a million listens on Spotify? Already? I'm not surprised. It's not so surprised. good and it's so cool the way he he blends these disparate parts in such mm. an interesting way. Um I love Hope too. Hope feels a little mm. more straightforward. Um, and it has sort of that racing acoustic guitar going yeah. on in there, uh, which is great. It's nice to see that he's doing some kind of like different things on the album. I like couldn't be more excited if if the album, like you're saying, is anywhere close to the quality of these two songs. It, it like will
0: be close to my album of the year probably. Yeah.
1: Um, he just seems like that. That's a dude who is. On
0: a real run. He, it seems like he's in a moment right now where he's like, yeah, I'm just firing on all cylinders.
1: Think about the fact that he played guitar on some of the best songs on Blonde. Fike.
0: With Frank Ocean. Unreal. Like,
1: dude, he plays that guitar part in self control, I think. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. crazy. So cool. I love that song. I actually think. Ooh, it's tough. If you were to pick one between Hope and Gretel that you like better. For me, it's Gretel. Okay. It's closer for me. I. Th- it might be hope. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, they're both great. I I just Gretel hit me in in such an interesting way that has like not shaken at all. Yeah. I still really want to listen to it like pretty often. Yeah, um, hope I do as well. But I feel like yeah, I just I had such a strong reaction to Gretel that I think that it has to be that one. Um, but they're both great. Um, how about this song, Sean? That, that, so Whitney has put out now. Three singles. One is very frustratingly not on Spotify still, FTA, for Forever Turned Around mm-hmm. or Turning Around. Mm-hmm. I forget which one it is.
0: Forever Turned Around? Is that the name of the album? Too? The name of the
1: album and the song is FTA. Okay. I think it's Forever Turning Around. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: Could be wrong. Um, and that he and so Whitney also released uh, the song um, Giving Up. Yes. So they also put out a third single, Valleys, parentheses, My Love, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, this is of the three so far my least favorite. Okay. But I think it's going to work really well in the context of an album. It's a little longer. It's yep. over four minutes. Um, it's just not as like hooky as a giving immediate. up. Yeah, yeah, as giving up. And it's, it's, it's what I love so much about FTA, that song, it's so lush. Yeah. It's and beautiful. like you get to just bask in the yeah. guitar layers and stuff. Um, Valleys is really good too. A little longer, a little slower. Um, I, I got to say, this is another album that I'm like super
0: pumped for. It's in, right up there with me. When does this one come out? I think. Yeah, I think it's August. This one's end of August, I, I think, think so. Okay, and we are seeing Whitney yes. play 3s Art Space in Portsmouth. October first, Hand, Hand Habits is opening, which I'm very excited. I about. I re-listened
1: to that album the other day. It's
0: so good. That is, I re-listened this past week too. If we were remaking our favorite albums of the year, it would probably be even higher somehow. And it was already like number four or something or five. So It's really good. It's it's excellent. So yeah, I'm very excited for that. I got to check out this new Whitney single still. Uh, Last of the new songs here that we wanted to talk about this week. New Taylor Swift song dropped today called The Archer. Now, this is coming on the heels of two other singles that have already been released. I don't even remember the names. I don't really care. I thought they were a bore. I thought they were just, like, Taylor Swift as a product. Um, Like, we've kind of seen that trending the last few years. But this new one, The Archer, was much more subdued. There was some, like, synthy stuff going on here. It was much more sad. As a song... I enjoyed it a lot more than those first two singles, and I appreciated how it was a little bit more dialed back. When you listened, you specifically said, oh, I expected this to kind of like really build in a way that it didn't actually.
1: Blow up or something. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I I kind of liked that about it. Now, my big issue, though, is she came out and said... Oh, The Archer is the fifth track on my new album, which has always... The fifth track, as my fans know, has always been one of the most um, most emotionally honest songs. This song is cooler and works better if you just let that fact hang. Yeah. We already all know that. You don't need to come out and say, like, oh, the fifth track has historically been very important. It's like, yeah, okay, we're not going to like lose that fact because there's millions of your fans who won't let us forget it. You don't need to come out and say it. Yeah. I like. One of my favorite things about Taylor Swift is being able to infer the real life events that her songs might be about or the people that that her songs might be about. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, we know all these stories. We know about the Kanye stuff. We know about the Katy Perry feud. We know about the relationships and the breakups. I like trying to piece together what songs are about which person or which situation. And if she gives it to you too easy, it's not as fun. Now, I think. This song's actually decent, um, but again, this still, in a way, is like Taylor being quote unquote emotionally vulnerable and open, but also just being like, well, I'm still selling. This is still my third single, and it's yeah. the fifth track of my album. Ooh, so it means something, so everyone should listen to it. And the lyrics themselves, if you actually read into it, it's like, well, that they're all kind of broad to be honest with you yeah
1: uh so i've listened to this song once um i don't have a lot of thoughts the only thing i'll say is that it didn't really leap out at me that much i i thought it was just sort of like this kind of boring pretty straight ahead soft synthy song nothing bad about it but nothing that i thought was exceptional
0: when you take the more dialed back Cynthia sound compared to especially those first two singles, which are yeah. like way top. too much saccharin. Well, I
1: think that I guess what I would say Pop. is that just because this song is not that doesn't mean that this song is great. Or like
0: that's a very good point. Which is
1: and it's totally fair if you I I didn't like dislike it. I just was like kind of left like it's a really good point. Felt like it didn't really go much of anywhere and like whatever. I mean Taylor Swift's an incredibly talented songwriter and performer. Like I just, I feel like I'm like Bill Belichick right now. That's such a <laughs> such a diplomatic thing to say, You know, Andy Reid's a good coach. It's a good football team. Lucky to get a win. Meanwhile, they're like four and twelve on the season. Yeah, the uh, the Patriots won seventy to six. Um, and he's like good to get a win. Think we got to improve on. I, I so what I what I said was that I thought it was going to blow up at some point and kind of explode into a louder part. I'm like you're saying, it actually is good that she subverts that a little bit and yeah. keeps it subtle throughout. The song that's reminded me a little bit, little bit, was like "I Love You Always Forever" by uh, Oh yeah, by, by what's her name? There, hold on, I had it up. Donna Lewis. That's
0: such a good call. Yeah, it reminded me of
1: that, except no, like big
0: boppy. Thing. Yeah, no,
1: that's so true. It didn't really get hooked. Oh, yeah. that's
0: I like that. I like yeah. that. Nice. Yeah. So. Um... A grab bag of new singles talk for the listeners out there. A real, there. real grab bag. Uh, let's do a quick uh, July album recap here, Jake. I, I'm just going to run through them, and then we can kind of pick and choose which ones we want to we want to mention here. So we had Tom York come out with Anima, Jessica Hoop with Stonechild, Purple Mountains with Purple Mountains, Mike the rapper um, with Tears of Joy. And Mike, the rapper, is not his name. It's, it's just, just Mike.
1: Mike, all caps.
0: Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib came out with Bandana. Uh, hey, a local band, Happy Just to See You, came out with a self-titled album as well. That is pretty good. We want to talk about. Uh, Bedouin, Bird Songs of a Killjoy came out. Joanna Sternberg came out with Then I Try Some More. Um, so, again, we mentioned there's a grab bag of singles. I think this is a pretty big grab bag of albums. Um, now here, here's my initial take on all of these, Jake. I think there's one excellent album in here and the rest are just pretty good.
1: Well, let me guess which one you think is excellent. I'm going to guess that
0: it's Tom York. That is correct. I think Anima is actually one of the better albums that have come out this year. Mm -hmm. I think this is on par with certain Radiohead albums. I think this is actually probably and this might be sacrilegious, I think this is a better album than like Hail to the Thief. I think this is on par with like Amnesiac.
1: Okay, okay. This album's sick. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. Um, The, the album, so I have not listened to the Bedouin album. I have not listened to the Joanna Sternberg album. Both good. The ones of this collection that I've spent the most time with have been Anima, uh, Tears of Joy by Mike, mm. um, and the Happy Just to See You album. The The, the Manchester, <laughs> yeah. New Hampshire band. Big shout. Um... I, I want to give it a quick shout because I think it's a really good album. It's kind of like um, sort of a blend of almost like emo or punk with, yep. with country yep. and like sort of rootsier rock. I've, I've been really impressed by like a lot of it. Um, the songs that I think would be worth checking out if you want to see what this band is about are um, My Best Friend uh, at 29 is probably one. And then the third track, which I'm forgetting. Um, oh, what's it called? I'll come I've, back to it.
0: I, I've only listened to this album once. I did enjoy it that one time. I do need to go back. And it is cool to hear the finished product of this album because you and I have been to uh, a few shows at this point where this band has played um, along with some of the other good local bands. Big shout out, Something Something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've heard a lot of those songs already and it was cool to see what they sounded like on the record. So
1: The other song I wanted to shout out was Two Week Notice. Yes. Decline. Yep. Nice. Really good song, Very um, cool. but but I agree with the anima the anima thing. I think that I'm not at the level where I'm really. It's almost weird. it's weird. It's almost like I'm viewing it a different way. I almost don't even try to compare it to the Radiohead catalog. It's interesting that you have done that. Um, I don't know where I would like if I was going to rank all of Radiohead and then stick this album in. Um, I think this has been a really good album for me when I have like work to do. It. Yeah. it it almost it's a little bit like an ambient album in some yeah. ways. Um,
0: very electronic. Yep.
1: it's it's like so Tom York. Very, it's insanely very so. Tom York.
0: So I wonder if this opens up a larger question about like where's Radiohead at right now? Because yeah. um, you know you have Johnny Greenwood doing film scores. You have even Tom York doing film scores and, and Suspiria. soundtracks. Suspiria, exactly. Um, you have the different members of the band doing you know different projects right now. Do you think the Tom York solo record or records going forward is now an outlet for maybe some of the ideas, melodies, whatever, that may have ended up on Radiohead albums? Yeah, I think probably. Because and I, I, d- I,
1: I would be willing to bet this is the time in life that it has been the hardest to coordinate with the band. Yes. Like, they're all, I think all of them are, if not in their late 40s, in their early 50s. Yeah. I think Tom York's like
0: 51 or 52. So crazy. Because like, it's funny, Tom York has this ageless quality about him Yeah, where I don't think of his music as being made by someone in their 50s. I just think of it being made by Tom York.
1: He's definitely officially an older Tom
0: York mode though, even though his music doesn't
1: reflect that as much. Because he sounds the same. Yeah. His, like, the way he looks now with the gray beard. Oh, for sure.
0: But if you didn't know what he looked like or you didn't know who Tom York was, you'd be like, oh, who's this, like, 20 something electronic wizard? Firebrand. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And it's interesting because, you know, if you, you know, Bob Dylan, Neil Young, Bruce Springsteen, these guys are well into their 60s and 70s. um, And you think about them as putting out old guy music I don't feel that way about Tom York it feels as vital and as important and as of the moment as it ever has and again we had a whole conversation on this podcast a year or two ago about what is it about older artists putting out music that is kind of a turnoff for us I think we've turned a corner on that as even we've gotten a little bit older like I love that new Bruce Springsteen record I think it's really good I
1: think with Tom York it has something to do with the fact that Radiohead still feels kind of vital. I think also because of the fact of, like, when we were young, they were vital and important and still pretty young. Although, even in Rainbows, like, the funny thing is, is even, like, in Rainbows, which was the first one we got when it came out, like, that's even, like, for most bands, that would be viewed as, like, late career, but they just keep going.
0: Dude, in Rainbows now is, like, this weird mid-career peak you know in a weird yeah, way like a second peak it's another peak yeah bill simmons would call it extended prime yeah, you know he would, he like would. yeah He'd be
1: like yeah you know and like with hell to the thief they were in sort of no man's land for a bit still good albums you know those are solid years they averaged 28 and 6 like that's not bad
0: but then in rainbows comes out and and you know that's extended prime they reasserted themselves they won the title they won the mvp and it's like, yeah, it, I no, it's how,
1: true though. I wonder how the Simmons content is reading to. I, I
0: bet it resonates big time.
1: Did you notice that I said listener?
0: <laughs> I was hoping you. It's like you. All, I didn't. I didn't notice. You almost have to listen to Bill Simmons if you want to listen to this podcast. Yeah, and us.
1: Um, do you have any other Tom York thoughts? No, I, I just.
0: I think this album's awesome. I, I think. Um, Oh my god, I'm 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 blanking on, on the song name. On the song name because right it's like now. one
1: long electronic. <laughs> well, experience. okay,
0: the one, and I'm about to get it. Oh, dawn chorus. Yeah, it's great. Oh my god, it's really cool. That that is like that is so good. You know, I gotta say too, um, I'm a very rude person. Yeah, uh Runway Away is great. Who your real friends are? Who your real friends are? Um, awesome stuff.
1: I think I'm a very rude person sounds like it would be a James Blake song from that first album yeah
0: so uh, I was talking with big friend of the big friend of the pod Kara and she was like what does this song remind me of I was like oh you're thinking of that shitty Godsmack song from the early 2000s. She's like, nope, not what I was thinking of, but it kind of reminds me of that. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah.
1: I want to give a shout out to this Mike album. Tons okay, yeah, because I haven't listened to this one yet. Okay, it's, it's really cool. And if, I think anyone who liked, as I know you did, Sean, and I did, Earl Sweatshirt's album mm. uh, from last year would dig this album. I couldn't call out a song. I couldn't call out any specific part because it feels like a big, long sort of blur, kind of like yeah. that Earl album did. yeah. I really have been digging it. It's another one I've been putting on when I gotta churn through stuff or when I have like I wanna have an active listen that doesn't revolve as much on lyrics. Yeah. I've been finding this to be a really good one. And it has that kinda like mumbly lo-fi rap
0: feel cool really good uh, i i need to check that out um speaking of rap i, I thought that freddie gibbs and madlib co- collaboration dandana was was very good um i've only listened once i think when it first came out i was much more hyped on it and as i've listened a little bit more i've been like you know what this is like very good maybe not excellent or great uh, but i do really enjoy it push it t has a nice little verse on there that's fun um, the, the production by Mad Lib's always going to be good. And I think Freddie Gibbs brings it. Um, so that's been a good one. And I ha- I want to shout out the Jessica Hoop album, Stone mm. Child as yeah. well. Jessica Hoop kind of came out of nowhere for, for you and I, at least mm-hmm. at the beginning of last year and with memories are now. And uh, I have to say, I think Stonechild is right on par with the quality of Memories Are Now. It's
1: really good. There's parts of this album, and I guess probably as much um, Memories Are Now, that, that it reminds me a little bit of like of Joanna
0: Newsome. Yeah. Oh, oh both those albums. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. There's yep.
1: parts of it that are a little Newsome esque. Yes. Um, yes. Worth talking quickly about the Purple Mountains record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Berman, I think, is his name yeah. from Silver Juice. Yep. Also, he's just like also a poet. like a pretty I guess like also known as a poet that's Um, cool I think this album's pretty cool it's kind of set like his lyrics are really biting and witty yeah set to the tune of like these kind of like Americana style songs Um, and they're funny he has like a real lightning razor wit yes Um, he does i've listened twice to it so far one of those was today and, and i definitely really enjoy it i think you have to be in the mood to your point you
0: you absolutely have to be in the mood i've listened like one and a half times i listened once all the way through really enjoyed it then i've tried to go back a couple times in different moods and it hasn't really struck me i do think you need to be in a mood to be like i'm listening for lyrics here um It is very good. It's just that, like, I, again, I need to be in the mood for it. So I haven't gone back as much. But I think overall with July and with this summer so far, things have definitely slowed down. Yep. Um, There's still been some good things here and there. Again, though, for me at least, I think other than the Tom York album, uh, I don't know how much of this is going to end up ranking for me. Time will tell. I yes. think that
1: some of these I gotta let I gotta live with a, a little, little brief. more. I think to include Mike, possibly Purple Mountains, mm-hmm. and I've listened to Happy Just to See You a lot. Like yeah, it, yeah, nice. like it sounds like a Homer thing, and it probably is. Yeah, but but I you know there's no denying an album, even if you know the people or have yeah. seen the people locally. If you're listening to it. If you're going back to it and that, like something about it speaks to you, it's, it's important. And that's how I felt with that. Which I think to a band. That you were vaguely familiar with on a local level, that's like kind of the best compliment it, you can give. Pretty much. Is yeah. like is just the is just, dude, I actually it's like this. <laughs> it's so true. Do you know what I mean? Like that's is the best so thing true. you can say to yes. someone you kind of know who makes it. It's not just like,
0: oh hey man, listen to the record, really good. And they're like, yeah, thanks. You're like, no 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 no. I actually like it. You
1: don't understand. I really like yes. it. I'm not just saying it for no reason like right. just to make you feel good. Exactly. I that really matters. enjoy it. And that's true of this album. So that, that that's good.
0: Uh let's wrap up with a little recommendation of the week and then we'll hit on release radar. So mine Jake, um like you mentioned, it is July. Things have been kind of slower on the new music front, so I've had a lot of time to go back and listen to older stuff. I had a nice Bob Dylan run that I was on. I'm coming out of that. Um but this week I had a day where I listened exclusively to The Replacements. I started out with Let It Be. I listened to Tim and then Pleased to Meet Me. And then I was like, you know what? Why haven't I listened to their first album yet? And why haven't I listened to Don't Tell a Soul, their 1989 offering? <laughs> um, and so I listened to both. And I have to say, both of these are really good. Yeah. This band, the replacements, nothing but consistent. Hmm. Like, okay, so Don't Tell a Soul came out in 1989. This is when... It was basically just Paul Westerberg, and, like, the band was definitely, like, about to be defunct. Had Bob Stinson... He died, He right? died, I believe, at that point, I think. Did you read that Replacements book? No, but I really want to. I bet you would I, th- I, that. I, I, now that I have, like, really listened to basically their entire discography, with the exception of their last, last album, which people have said, like, doesn't even count as a Replacements album, mm. and basically... It's by far their worst. It reminds me of the Clash's last album, oh, um, Cut, "Cut the, the Crap. Crap," where it's like, okay, it's just Joe Strummer, but like, not even really. This is like not the same. Don't even bother listening. I've still never listened to "Cut the Crap" and won't. Um, There's something
1: scary about that kind of album <sighs> when
0: you see it in a band's discography. Yeah, yeah, and I guess this last replacements one is kind of on that level. But listen to "Don't Tell a Soul." Really, really good. Well, not like really, really good. Very solid. It's better than what you'd think it would be okay. for a band who's like about to break up. And then I listened to their first album, Sorry Ma Forgot to Take Out the Trash, which is them. The equivalent would be how The the Clash, that first album was just a straightforward punk rock album. Uh, and then they transitioned into bigger and better things. This is very much the equivalent, but the songwriting is still there. When
1: did it come out? About 80?
0: 84? I thought that no. was when Let It Be came out. 80. Okay. You're right. So I think, earlier. yeah, 80, 81, something, something something around then, I think. Maybe even 79, who knows. Because um, you're right, Let It Be came out in 84.
1: That's always an interesting era to me because these are bands that have guys in the band who are around the age of our parents. Yeah. Because like they were in like high school to college yep. in the late 70s, early 80s, or mid-70s, early 80s. You know what I mean? Like... So it's interesting to me to think about, like, these could have been dudes who, like, knew our parents.
0: That's a really good point. That's so interesting. like, one of
1: the things I find most interesting about the Replacements. Quick note about the Clash cut the crap. Specifically the word crap. I don't like the word. (laughs) I
0: don't don't either. I don't
1: like the word crap.
0: No, I don't either. It, to
1: me, is such a middling, like, I'm fence rider word.
0: (laughs) It's like, just say shit. Just
1: say shit. Or honestly say poop, which I think is funnier. You know what's really
0: funny, too? Crud.
1: Crud is funny too. <laughs> Crud's funny. Oh, crap, crap. Crud.
0: crap isn't that funny. Crud is really funny.
1: Yeah, man. Crap is just like it just feels so like
0: ice. Oh, deep. crap. Yeah. All right. Well, even that yeah, is making you. me sick. Uh, yeah, I I totally agree with you there. So bad I, album title.
1: So you were mentioning the replacements, an older band,
0: older band. Um, I okay. So sorry, Ma, I forgot to take out the trash. Came out in eighty one. Uh, Hoot Nanny came out in 83. Let It Be came out in 84. Okay. So quite a run in the 80s for them. They were there kind of the whole way. Um, Don't Tell a Soul ended up coming out in 89. So they kind of had this run from 81 to 89 of nothing but consistently good albums. And I have to say, like, I was always into Let It Be, Tim, and Pleased to Meet Me. Last year or the year before, I think I went back and listened to Hoot Nanny and finally listened to Don't Tell a Soul and Sorry Ma. I, like... The consistency is unreal. This hmm. is a band that, li- like, I don't even know that many other people who like listen to them. Because even are like, really, yeah, is. you're like, oh yeah, like, let it be as good. Have you listened to Tim? Yeah, a few times. Okay, Same, okay, times. but it's even like, no one talks about this band as being one of the best ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, they are. Yeah. Especially coming out of the '80s, it's like REM, U2, The Replacements, The Smiths. I gotta say, The Replacements are. Did it for longer, and the highs are higher than the Smith. The, and everyone talks about the Smiths. I, I
1: think the problem with the replacements from that level is, and, and it's not fair. This is not a good reason, but they never had a hit. They, that's fair. You know what I mean? They
0: weren't that's a fair. famous band. That's fair.
1: And like, But that's part of the appeal now, especially. Right. So, because part of the appeal of the replacements is like they're a little unknown. That's, that's true. kind of part of
0: what makes that's them cool, true, That's
1: true. In their time, I think, and now.
0: Yeah, no, it's a great point. It's a great point. They're underdogs. Yeah, and that's, I think, why people love them. Um, But, yeah, I just have to say, go listen to any and all of The Replacements discography. I would love to check out that book, um, The Replacements one. I forget what it's called right now, but I'm going to seek it out.
1: Yeah, I got to go back to some replacement stuff. So it was so it's Sean. It's July as we mentioned earlier. July, man. Which eternally, I I realized there was like a it's almost like a spidey sense or like there were hairs sticking up on the back of my neck. I had this there was this absence in my life and I couldn't determine what it was. And you and I have talked before about how we associate seasons and times of year with with musical phases we've had. Mm -hmm. Last year, Sean, in July, I went through a big, big Steely Dan phase. Which means that I am again now listening to Asia and Pretzel Logic a good amount.
0: Jake is uh, like a middle aged father.
1: And the, so talk about an isolated feeling. Yeah. At least I've listened to the replacement. That's true. Dude, people try talking to anyone close (laughs) to our age about Steely Dan. You can't do it. People won't give you the time of day. People are just like, yeah, "Yeah, like, yeah, I know you like (laughs) him. (laughs) <laughs> right dude these ah, you know who actually is there for me Steely Dan is my brother big shout hey, to Matt there you who go. like who loves these albums uh, no all I'll say is Asia and Pretzel Logic are sick albums they're so good and they did some really cool stuff that like other bands didn't do like they were basically like a collective they would kind of yeah. like just bring in people that's, to play parts as cool. they needed yeah. to fit the song as they especially on Asia um, but yeah it's a it's a vibe and it's like I don't know, man, if you're ever in a particularly jazzy mood, yeah. just one day, I know it's a lot to ask, I, and I'm not saying that sarcastically, I literally sure, know it's yeah. a lot to ask, because if someone tells you, listen to this album you've never heard before, <laughs> it sucks, I hate getting that recommendation. <laughs> yeah. If you're in a jazzy mood at some point, try Asia just once, just see how it goes, because okay. it's this kind of like cool blend between jazz, rock, and like funk in different parts. Um, it's in- impeccably recorded, yeah. it's considered like a high watermark of... Cool production value All right. in that era
0: nice um yeah i just so i, Steely I got, Dan back on the radar i got love for donald fagan walter becker that's great that's great stuff uh let's wrap up with a release radar for july 26 this friday two albums of note here jake one chance the rapper his debut album oh, is coming out that's unf- that's not real that's it, fake but I know, but like technically it's his debut album, which is bullshit. It is. Because Chance the Rapper has actually already jumped the shark and I think is now like teetering towards not great slash lame. Maybe, I think that might be my hottest take going right now.
1: Uh, Chance the Rapper was never someone who I was going to like be down with for that long. Okay,
0: thank you. Because I feel like he got all this cachet and now... He was
1: born in 1993. Wow. That's crazy.
0: Wow. Younger than us. And now he's coming out with uh, his debut called The Big Day. So, That's a, you know, I, I I think I've heard a couple of the singles off this, and they're good. But we'll see. We'll see, Chance. I'm going to give you a Chance. A. The last well one we have here, Jake. Spoon is reviving the Greatest Hits compilation with, call, with, with their greatest hits called Everything Hits at Once. That's a good uh, I love this. That's a good I love name. that in the year 2019, this band is like, you know what? We've had a long career. We have a lot of good songs. Let's put out an official greatest hits. Not a Spotify playlist. Not any of this bullshit. We're putting out a physical greatest hits. I love it. We uh, need more of these. I do
1: too. And you know what? Spoon is probably a good greatest hits band. I'm going to
0: check this out. I bet I'm going to
1: listen. As much I think they want my soul is the album by them that I've gotten the most into ever. Like
0: mine was Ga Ga Gaga. Ga, ga.
1: Okay, mine is definitely they want my soul. When it came out, I was very into that album. I even tried with Transference. I tried with yep. others, and like no, no full album ever really stuck Same. for me. That one did. They okay. want my soul did. But I feel I, like I, everyone
0: has their one spoon album.
1: Yeah, that probably. So I'm gonna listen to his greatest hits. I think it's cool. I think it's awesome that they're doing it. Everything hits at once is a good album name Sick. for greatest hits.
0: There is a whole cottage industry of naming your greatest hits album in like a kind of cliched punny way, and this nails it on all fronts.
1: I, I'm sorry, I got to go back to this chance thing.
0: Okay, okay. Is the only
1: yeah. thing that makes it an album versus a mixtape? Was it? Is it on a label? Correct. It's self released. <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. I don't know. Honestly, I think if you just put something out and you want to call it a mixtape, you just can.
1: Well, he's the only one who cares about mixtapes. As he says in that song, (laughs)
0: mixtape. I mean, yeah, I think you might be right. So, uh, it is kind of bullshit. It is bullshit. Yeah, I'm stuck Coloring Book was an album. Okay? He, it was his third album. Right. Or some, like, come like, on, dude.
1: Because he had acid rap. and Yeah, then had, well, something else, I think. Whatever. but I shouldn't be stuck on that. For some reason, that annoys no, me. No, it
0: kind of annoys me, too.
1: Because like, you could release any of those on vinyl. You could
0: release any of them on a CD. Yep. yep. Coloring books certainly felt like a fully fleshed out statement. Uh, the term mixtape and album now in the year of our Lord 2019 does not matter how They're interesting is it thing. that we still
1: measure time
0: by the year of our lord <laughs> we as another tangent we like sort of don't i think we say it um like making fun of it now it's ironic
1: but 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 it's still the year that it is oh
0: that is true you know no, no, I mean? oh, oh i see what you mean like we're measuring our years off of when like jesus allegedly died yeah that's fucked. that's weird but Isn't hey, it when
1: he was born no
0: After death dude. Yeah he
1: died in It's the, even weirder He died I guess in the year
0: zero Correct He started the year zero
1: Yeah because like Peter the first pope I think Took off Like started in the year zero dude, none of that's real Do you think none of it's real?
0: Mm, a man named Jesus did exist and did die
1: Oh sure that yes
0: yeah, And take that as broadly as you want
1: I agree with you. He happened also to be alive during a period of history when claiming to be a messiah was um, a social fad of sorts. <laughs> there you go. And was something that many other people did. Again, take that for what you will. We're not refuting anything or confirming anything or confirming anything. But who would be we we to confirm? Are.
0: is the is are. Is the is R. That's a good way to wrap up. That's right. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye.
1: Okay, we're on. <laughs> okay. Because we're going to get this show on the Hey, road. we're back. Um, we're in the pre show, right? Yeah.
0: Okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I it's thought, the pre-show, but, yeah. It's a pre show, but, you know.
1: Abbreviated. You said you had something, I think. Uh, yeah, it.
0: it was Let's Rank the Tarantino movies. Because, okay. in honor of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood coming out, let's rank our favorites. Okay, I rewatched *Inglorious Bastards* recently, and oh my god, that movie is good. That was based off. I watched that because *The Ringer* put out rewatchables podcast about inglorious bastards it was one of the best movie podcasts i've listened to it was great it made me so excited to rewatch it malorie
1: rubin is a nice I, ingredient
0: to throw into that mix excellent
1: she's so good in that role
0: j and the the chemistry that her and jason have so good off the charts yeah it is and then chris ryan is like a perfect just kind of like middleman for that that was a great crew was it jason yeah. Or was it fantasy? Oh, was it fantasy? It was fantasy. You're Either right. Either way. It, you're right. Dude, could you
1: imagine a Jason Mallory and Chris Ryan pod?
0: Because Jason was on this top gun oh, one that I ended up listening didn't to. Didn't listen to that. And part of the reason why I listened was like, ah, Jason and Mal will have good chemistry on this. True. And they did, and it was enjoyable. Did you
1: finish Harry Potter?
0: Binge Money. I have one episode left. What I've been doing, Jake, is I've been playing Battle for Middle Earth two and mm-hmm. just ripping through podcasts. Um, that's great for that. It is perfect.
1: I had a great Tuesday last week playing Mario 64. Yeah. I tore through a yes. few.
0: Yes. So, I've been listening to that. I've been listening to all the new Rossillo podcasts I've been coming out. The SVP in Rossillo I've been listening to the Rossillo Solo podcast. He did one yesterday about like quarterback tiers. Oh. I didn't okay. take in a word of it. No. Barely. I cuz like the I was like in a pretty intense uh Skirmish in Battle for Middle Earth too, okay. And they were talking about like Lamar Jackson. And he's like, you know, this Lamar Jackson thing, are, are, are we doing
1: this? And I was like, Dude, I gotta be totally honest with you. I think Rossillo is your best impression that you do. It, that's like pretty good. I think it might be too. You like have his voice down in, a, in like. Because we both have kind of deep voices. You have very similar voices, yeah. but you do the affectation yeah. pretty well. That's good. I've been
0: listening to them a lot, too. Yeah. So, I, I've been listening to them. I've just been ripping through podcasts. Dude, before I know it, I'm going to be caught up on season two of Revisionist History, rounding the corner to Did season you... three. Have you listened at all? I am
1: almost caught up. I I have one episode to catch okay. up to
0: it. And then I also have the George and Paul Beatles episode to listen yeah, to of that other podcast dude. we talked about. So, I'm working my way through some pods Churning. here. I, I'm trying to get back to reading a little bit, as well. Yep. I finished Love is a Mixtape, which was Exceptional. I thought that was so good. I'm glad you read it.
1: There's two books that I'm currently in the middle of. One um, is the uh, oral history of The Wire. Yeah. Halfway through Still it. Still need to start that. Stopped that so that I could start the next book that I'm halfway through, which is a, a history of 9-11. Mm. Uh, so really cheery reading for me between, you know, systemic racism <laughs> uh, gone awry in the ex- and, and prestige TV in the <laughs> in the experiment that is the American city, right, right, uh, and you know a pretty horrible terrorist attack.
0: Now, what, what what is the status of 1776? I have let someone else borrow that book. So that's kind of where I'm at with the people's history of the United States is I'm like a quarter of the way through. And I'm like, this is really good. And then read other things. Get yeah, a whole I, Harry Potter reread So before I finished it.
1: I let someone borrow 1776. Yeah. And I believe they have not even started it.
0: I have the best intentions with reading. And I, Josh, big friend of the pod, suggested Audio this. Books, baby. He's like, dude, just. Get on the audio book. You love podcasts. Why not listen to an audiobook? And I was like, I've always had this weird aversion where I'm like, no, it's not the same. It's cheating. It's cheating. It's reading. It's like, fuck
1: that. I also would be you don't
0: to... finish books as it is. I would and also... then you feel guilty. Yeah, for not finishing
1: the yeah. book. I'd rather just have a good experience. And audiobooks
0: are sick, dude. dude I'm, I think I'm going to get on that train.
1: You know what I did? This is the most me thing to ever do, I think. Yeah. Even above anything that involves the Beatles' birthdays or 9 11. (laughs) Yeah. This is somehow more me. I, on Christmas Eve last year, because I wasn't feeling in the spirit
0: whatsoever. Sounds about right. Sounds very you. Sounds very me.
1: I was out of the spirit. I looked up on the podcast app a reading of A Christmas Carol. I tried to find one. There were no good ones. So Mm -hmm. I just found like the best one I could. I went for a run in the snow.
0: This is amazing.
1: Listening to A Christmas Carol, and I ran by St. Catherine's, uh. which gave me a little bit of the feeling of like, hey, I'm running by whatever Christmas Eve mass is going on.
0: Wow. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, Jake, how depressed were you?
1: Before that, like a 4 after like a
0: 2. Oh, okay. But like, but so that, not very.
1: But still like a little.
0: Christmas time, the last few years, I've been... Like, as depressed as I'll get. and a lot of it is because it's seasonal depression. Affective disorder. But also that I'm like, oh, Christmas. Like, why can't I get in the spirit? It's like, well, you're an adult and, and I you don't what, believe in a fucking thing. I,
1: right, that's where I'm at. And I think what it is for me is that um, I've had a couple of my most boring sort of no-nothing yes. Christmases yeah. the last couple of years. Plain ever. No-nothing. Yeah, like, yeah. I think one of the more recent years... It was either last year or the year before because they were the same thing. Right. I like went over my family's house. My mom was sick. Yeah. She was in a bad mood. Yeah. And like it just nothing really came together. It just was a weird day. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think what it what I realized is like, I all I can do the only thing in my power is just do something that I like that I equate with Christmas. Yeah. You 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 have the choice to do that or not. That's yeah. up to every person. Um. And I was just like, I'm gonna like. Try. to yeah. Give it a go. Yeah. Just to see what feelings I can conjure. And I'll I say, I like that. I think what I what I attained was like a thirty percent Christmas spirit.
0: That's not bad. No, I take. That's it not now. bad. at all. hey, that's better than most. You kid. remember
1: like the the little the tingly feeling? I do. That you used to and get. You
0: you got that a little bit.
1: I got man, nah, it was less than thirty percent. It because, was like fifteen percent. You
0: know, as I got a little bit older, that pure excitement went away and then I, I had this nice little run with like Christmas Day basketball where I got really into mm-hmm. it. And now even that I'm like jaded and cynical about it too. Yeah. Um, Christmas
1: afternoon's the worst part. Why we're we talking about Christmas on July twenty fourth, I don't this, know. Because this
0: again is 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 very Jake. Um, yeah. so let's let's quickly rank our Favorite Tarantino movies, okay. So
1: I'll start because I have fewer. Okay, I've only seen I believe it's six. So I've seen Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, uh, I have seen um, The Hateful Eight, uh, Django Unchained, and um, uh, Inglourious Bastards. I feel like I'm missing one there that I have um, seen. I have not seen
0: Jackie, Jackie Brown. Brown, Kill Bill, Kill Bill 2. Seen uh, are we counting? Um, Wait, that's it, Death Wish. Or whatever, no, I Grindhouse. I'm, I'm not, not going to count that either. No, and so once upon a time... Because I haven't seen it. Once upon so. a time
1: is his knife, right? Okay, yeah, that so, makes sense. Okay, so I've only seen six, or five, six. So I think at the bottom, I go Hateful eight, eight. Yep. Then moving up one, I would put probably... Um, I think Django. Yep. And then, like I said before, is where it gets tough. Because I think next... Until further notice, and this would probably change if I watched it, I'll go bastards, reservoir, pulp fiction at okay. one. With those two at the top always kinda of switching okay. And like pulp fiction being the presumptive one yep. and sometimes taking a back seat to reservoir dogs. Okay. Um, I think
0: it's good ranking. If
1: I watched Inglorious again, it might climb.
0: So that's exactly what happened to me on my last rewatch, Jake. Uh, I was kind of blown away by it in a way I didn't quite expect. So here, here's my ranking from bottom to top. At number 8, I also have Hateful Eight. I think that's the weakest Tarantino entry. Uh, again, I haven't seen Grindhouse, but Hateful Eight, you know, it's good, but it's not, it's not great. After that, I have Kill Bill Volume 2, uh, followed by Kill Bill Volume 1. Now, I haven't seen these in a number of years. I was a little bit younger. I didn't quite understand, I think, what was happening here, what was going on. I kind of watched it as a surface-level kind of revenge movie. Um, And although I enjoyed it, it wasn't to the level of the next tier of Tarantino. But I do need to go back and watch those again. Um, So Kill Bill 2 coming in at 7. Kill Bill 1 at 6. Number 5, I have Jackie Brown. Pam Greer is excellent. De Niro has a fun turn in this movie. Uh, It is like... It's what you would come to kind of expect from Tarantino at this point. Mm -hmm. But I think when it came out in 97 or whatever, um, well, actually, you know what? I bet people were like, oh, this is Pulp Fiction, but not quite as good. Isn't
1: it on a plane?
0: Part of it is, but no. It's like just in LA, I think, or something. Um, Number four, I have Django. I think DiCaprio's performance in this is excellent. I do think this movie drags once he dies.
1: Yeah, and I gotta say...
0: Like, DiCaprio I've... makes, as Calvin Candy, makes this movie for me. Was He's nev- so compelling, but... Oh,
1: somehow or other, it was never as into Jamie Foxx's performance in this movie as others seem mm-hmm. to have been.
0: And Christoph Waltz is doing a lot of the same Christoph Waltz stuff. Kind of it's... nice
1: to see him be a good guy, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Alexander Dumas was black.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, it. That's, that's good. Uh, so, number three. This is gonna be a little surprising, Pulp Fiction. Okay. Um, That has more to do with how much I love these other two than with anything that's wrong with that movie. I will Mm -hmm. say, Jake, scenes in the Watch story with Bruce Willis, with his girlfriend, Zed is dead, whatever. The Gip scene's amazing. All that's great. But I think it drags a tiny, tiny bit.
1: That is totally fair and totally true. I think that the... uh... The Vince Vega oh, and Jules scenes so good pop off the screen more than like the maybe, Wolf. They're like among the they're in Harvey the Keitel. absolute top echelon, absolutely of like scenes in a movie, and it's I agree. like most of the movie. I, I agree. It seems
0: um, I'm putting Reservoir Dogs at number two. Um, I think how tight that movie is the the bottle nature of it is something to behold. Number one, I'm going to Glorious Bastards. I love I'm it. doing it. I think it's time. We are 10 years removed now. I think it's okay to now canonize this as a true classic and masterpiece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Highlighted also by the fact, and this is such a flex by Tarantino, at the end of that movie, you have Aldo Rain saying, you know what, I think this might just be my masterpiece. So, okay, everything about this movie is just... On the edge of your seat stuff for I be, so many reasons. I gotta be
1: totally honest with you. I did not understand that that was something he was intentionally doing until I listened to that podcast yeah. about it. Did you? Pick I, did, up on I that? didn't either.
0: I didn't either. So no. I was like, oh yeah, that yeah. makes
1: sense. And you know what I, I've realized is like, it has seeped into the consciousness of like our generation in yes. the way Pulp Fiction and Reservoir yes. Dogs did to previous in generations. Glorious
0: Bastards is our Tarantino.
1: As a, as a result, I mean, think about how many friends you could reference. Au revoir, cha-cha Yes, too, and they would yes. get what you're
0: saying exactly. And like that's
1: a big one in like our group of friends. If you drop that, people yes. everyone's a good. Everyone program. knows,
0: and I remember that summer we all went to go see Bastards yes. like multiple times. Everyone loved that movie. I think Pulp Fiction was the previous generation's Tarantino, where they yes. saw it in theaters and they were blown away, as they should be. But by the time we were watching Reservoir and Pulp Fiction, we were already like, whoa, th- these are like these classics that already have this reputation. We've grown up with Inglorious Bastards, yeah, and we we've have. grown up, and now it's 10 years removed, and we're like, you know what? That stands on the same level as those other three, in my opinion. We saw like the perfect opinion. age. And, yes, what, Were we, we 17? Did. Yeah, yeah. And I'm putting in Glorious Bastards at number one.
1: Didn't we see Inglorious Bastards on opening
0: night? I saw it so many like I because I, I was working at Cinemagic. I think we maybe had an employee showing. I think there was maybe. So like, I wasn't
1: working there yet.
0: Yeah, I think I saw it opening night. I saw it again after that. Like I just saw it so many times. Yeah, I'm
1: pretty sure I saw it really early on, and I remember vividly the experience of for the first time being in an adult yep. movie. That the entire crowd was amped to be yes. at and was like really laughing yes. at the funny parts, like really engaged mm-hmm. with the action parts. Like it was like a sold out show, is my recollection. Yeah. And just being like, like loving that experience. Because going to see a Tarantino movie the night it opens, I get the feeling, and I'm interested in your thought on this, I get the feeling that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood might have a slightly different vibe based on just like what I have gathered from trailers and stuff.
0: Than something like Bastards or...
1: Tarantino has very much a voice. Yeah. Like there's a voice that comes out in his writing and maybe you can't see that
0: in a trailer. I think the, I think the trailers are misleading for yeah. every Tarantino movie.
1: I am pumped for this movie yeah. though. I can't wait for it. I like, have insanely high hopes that pretty much could only be let down.
0: Is there any other director who's making films right now that you are as excited for as a new Tarantino? No. I don't think there is for me either. There's I would say Scorsese, but Scorsese's past his prime and past he would be his the peak. Next He's, closest, but also I don't know, Chris Nolan.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get up for a Christopher Nolan movie.
0: Um, I would say. I, I mean, would, there's there's some other art house directors that I'm very much into, but it's not the same as like a because Tarantino has one foot in like I make critically acclaimed movies, but also they're for the people. And yeah, they're like pulpy and yeah, kind of. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's Tarantino is is the so director too. I look most forward to. It's who, like an event. Who would you say are like three of the actors where like you will go see a movie they're in pretty much no matter what?
0: Leo. Yep. Yeah. Um, Gosling. Okay. Brad Pitt honestly is up there, and the fact that yeah. they're in a movie together Can't is wait. I'm so stoked. Amazing. What about you?
1: Well, this is sort of obvious, but Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, Daniel
0: Day, obvious. But uh,
1: yeah, now is he officially retired? Is that. That's what he claims. But like, he also became like literally a cobbler for like <laughs> five years at one point right, in the right, late 90s. Right. So, like, that's hilarious. I, th- I don't know. Was that for a role? I think it's
0: ambiguous, <laughs> like, what it was for. <laughs> He's an interesting guy. Daniel Day is actually probably number one on that yeah. list. Like, dude,
1: if he. So there's only I think one Daniel Day Lewis movie that has like a negative Rotten Tomatoes score. I think it's that movie, Nine or something. It's called.
0: Oh okay, yeah.
1: I think it was like a musical. Yeah. It bums me out that he has a blemish on his record. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. I but if he came back, man, I'd be so pumped if he came back. It'd be cool to see him work with Tarantino. Oh my imagine god! That. Can you imagine? No. I, I'm
0: sure we're forgetting a ton of people, but off the top of my head, those are the those are the ones. Yeah, Daniel I mean, Day for sure. They're all up there too. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, Sounds good. Well, I'm
0: very excited.
1: I, really quick, also on like the time of year front.
0: Yeah. Dude, can I just say July lasts forever?
1: July is, it, yeah, it's always July somehow. But
0: I interrupted you. Continue. I was going to say sorry.
1: it's interminable, but we're rounding the corner toward, you know, like the beginning of summer. It's not really the beginning of summer anymore. No. It's not We still got a whole long month Dude, of hot. Because stuff. not
0: only does July last forever, August lasts forever.
1: Exactly as long.
0: Yeah. And there's no there's no July 4th. There's no like August
1: is the the month that's the most devoid of any anything.
0: It's true. Isn't it? It's true. Like, think
1: about that. Is there any month that is as Nothing In terms of like What occurs in it And so your birthday's in August That is sort of different What about But like looking objectively
0: April April's up there Easter is often Ah, in April That's true Fuck Easter No dude I don't think there is
1: May is Mother's Day But that's
0: May. May's sneakily packed Because it ends up being A lot of graduation Memorial Day Memorial Day There's some birthdays in there
1: July would be out if it weren't for the 4th, but the 4th is a big it, one. And in it's July,
0: e- July is the de facto vacation month for everybody. And
1: also July is also like, the holiday is called the 4th of July. Right. So like it, right. it gets lumped in with that. But,
0: you know, once you hit... January is pretty fucking empty. Yeah, but like it's so closely associated with New Year's. So but okay,
1: you get New Year's Eve, which is really the party. New Year's Day true. sucks, and it's I depression
0: guess, in a day. I can't. Incarnate. It is, dude. I I guess January is up there in that conversation too.
1: I would say New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, yeah, is among my most depressed days. On as I round round my way through a calendar, yeah. Even though I have the day off, it's always as I'm about to go back to work, and because you're always out drinking or whatever the night before, I always wake up late, and then it's like, oh, it's January, so it's fucking dusk at lunch
0: and it's dark already and you're you're staring down the barrel of another fiscal year Jake at of work like,
1: of like a lot of work that you yeah. put off as christmas was my one of
0: my favorite jokes that you and I make is every year when it gets dark out gets earlier and earlier yeah and i say this to people at work and i'm like you know it's 2:30 p.m. and it's pitch black out yeah. and, and and it <laughs> At first, it it got laughs, and now people are just like, huh, yeah, like, right, yeah, it's dark. You're like, okay,
1: that's all right, man. Like it, every yeah. year with this. Oh, so. I know, I know. yeah, no.
0: Anyways, yeah, uh, good, good pre-show. Let's dive mm-hmm. in. We got a lot to, yeah, uh, lot to talk about here. All right, here we go. Three, two, one.